honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Don't, to paraphrase, it's like, don't put your attention on what you think you need to do or what you think the world needs. Put your attention on what makes you feel alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. You know, and so what brings you aliveness? What brings you fullness? What makes brings you passion and excitement? Do that. And I think just the love of it will 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 spur you to get better. And that spurring to get better will lead to success. I wanted to thank you so much, dude, for coming on the Strange on Purpose podcast. I am geeked for this episode, dude. I just binge watched The Boys. Appreciate mm. you coming on, man. Hey, no problem, man. Happy to be here. Good shit, dude. I'm excited to dive into your story, like how this all got started, how you got started. I've scrolled through like your entire life on Instagram, on Twitter, on, like just everything, dude. And I, I want to hear it from the source and really how like one, The Boys came to be but also like you're on arrow supernatural arrow like i didn't know like that's one of my favorite shows didn't know yeah. you're on that dude yeah okay and you're okay. a superhero fan you're not a kobe fan but it's okay um oh, you're also oh, oh. you're also gryffindor which i'm a little yeah. iffy about because i'm slytherin oh, okay. but it's okay what is this what, what slytherin. Are you? slytherin bro okay okay all right we're gonna have to have don't to off the call out. <laughs> okay all right man where to start where to start um, well, I guess from the jump, you know, I, uh, I was like an artistic kid growing up. And so I loved to paint and draw. And I actually got into drawing because I'd watch Power Rangers, but it made me want to play fight. And so eventually my mom was like, no more Power Rangers. So what I did was I drew the Power Rangers. I got my aunt to help me like cut them out. And then I like played with them like action figures. That's when I really started drawing. And like, I was a really big Sonic the Hedgehog fan growing up. So I draw all these like little comics and cartoons, made up my own cartoons, my own comics. And, you know, as I got older, it was just like, it was drawing. And then like, I'd be entertaining my sisters. And my mom would be like, hey, you should take this acting camp, you know, and do this summer camp, do this little program. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And some of them I did. And then by grade eight, I was doing uh, the, like the role of Fagin, one of the leads in Oliver Twist. And that's when it really started to, like, hit me. Like, I, I was really, like, feeling it, right? And I'd gotten accepted to Cawthor Park Secondary School, which is a school in Mississauga. And um, that school, I got in for visual art, you know? So I got in, and in the first semester, I realized... Uh, hold on, let me turn that off there. Um, I realized that... I got into art because I wanted to draw what I wanted to draw. You know, I wanted to express myself creatively. And the school was more designed, or that program was more designed to, like, teach you, like, the technique and the history, you know, and, and the fundamentals. And that wasn't really where I was at. And so one day I went into my drama program to just drop something off. 
you know, of the school's drama program. And I looked at the kids there and I'm like, oh, everybody here is more like me than the people in my own class. You know, and we were doing this, this project where we had to make a mask. And everybody was like using super glue and like exacto knives and being super detailed. Meanwhile, I got like safety scissors and like, you know, the yellow tape. Like I made a circle with the yellow tape and I'd stick the nose on like that. And I'm like, if I stay in this program, I'm going to flunk out of this school. So I auditioned for drama. I got in. And like that was the beginning, you know, and at first it was just a way to get on stage and make people laugh. And then around grade 11, I started taking it more seriously, you know, and I realized like if the, the more I put into it, the more fulfilling it would be. And then there's this moment in grade 12 where like, I was doing this monologue. It might have been in grade 11, but I was doing this monologue and I was just like stomping on the floor, stomping on the ground. And while I did that, I got this like very clear image in my head of this, this like coral reef in the ocean that was teeming with life. And there's these fishes and like, you know, I could see all these, these different, different like, you know, aquatic creatures under there and the coral reef. And I got the sense that like, that was my inner world, like my subconscious, myself. And the more I explored acting, the more I get to explore myself. And it was just really like solid knowing that that's what this path would lead me down. And from there, I was like, oh, cool. All right, I just want to do that, you know? And then I went to university for uh, radio and television arts, and I majored in film production. And after that, I just dove into acting headfirst, you know? Dude, it's incredible, man. Like, why, because if I look at acting, like, I was a ghostwriter for a long time, meaning I wrote content for other people for, like, two years. Um, that taught me a lot about myself, trying to yeah. write in someone else's voice. What is it like? One, what is it like acting as someone else, being someone else? I'm assuming like you just disappear, but also like, why did that teach you more about you? You know, I think there are two main kind of approaches to acting and there's so many different ways really, but I think you, it is possible to divide it into two kind of basic categories. There's one, there's a trend of thought where people look to get away from themselves or look to become another person. And there's another strain where people look to go deeper into themselves, you know? And one of my favorite quotes is, the funny thing about a mask is no matter how hard you try, it's always a self-portrait. Every choice you make in relation to that mask, every detail you put on it, or whatever mask you pick, it reveals something about yourself, you know? And I kind of have the train of thought where no matter what I do or express, it comes from a dimension of myself. And I have like the whole spectrum of humanity within me. And that's why I can draw on and go to any part. It's just about finding that part of myself, you know, that resonates with the role. Yeah. So for me, acting is about going deeper into myself and finding the, like, say a nugget of truth in myself that resonates with the role and then, like, exemplifying it or exaggerating it or, you know, bringing it to, like, if it's here, bringing it up here, you know, and heightening it. So really, it's a process of self-expression and self-revelation and merging myself with the creativity of the writer and everybody else I'm working with and then making something out of that. 
What does that process look like mentally for you? Like, hey, here's this script. Like, this is what I got. Like, what do you do after that? Like, do you go home? You know, like, it's 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 funny. It's it's very. It starts with a very simple question. You know, it's like, how would I be in this situation? You know, and like, I start with relating everything to myself because you can do it any other way, and that's fine if it works for you. But what works for me is starting with the truth of my experience. You know and relating to it from there. And if the character is really different from me, then, then I, you know, I bridge that gap. So say it's a really useful character or a really mature character. I tap into the part of myself that has a degree of usefulness or maturity. And I'm like, okay, if I'm in a mature mode, how would I re react to that? Then you might take the circumstances of that character or some of the characteristics or, you know, the backstory, what have you, and apply that as a filter as well. So, okay, if I'm mature and I have this life history and I have these behavioral traits, how would I react, you know? And I think, you know, one of the things for me that acting is about is it's about telling the truth. Yeah. You know, so what's, what's my truth? How does my truth merge with the writer's truth in a realm of imagination to, to say something? Because really... Everything that resonates with you in a story, in a show, in a movie, there's some, it's because there's something true about it. And really that truth is based in some life experience and then it's turned and it's spun and it's created to be this, this piece of fiction. But every piece of fiction has a deep resonating truth under it. You know, the ones that really like hit home, the ones that are phenomenons or, or just, you know, really sit with you. You know? Yeah. And so then, you know, from there, it's like, so that's how I, I kind of approach it psychologically. And then rehearsing, it's like, I'll take the lines and I'll go over them uh, back and forth with, with the scene partner. You know, um, I really think acting is about being affected by the other person, you know, and listening to them and letting them affect you. And so there's this kind of like ping pong back and forth thing that happens where, I can read the lines on a page and have a feel for like how I might say them and how they might come across. But I don't really know anything until I sit across from somebody and I say those lines to them and I, I affect them and then I let them affect me. And then we go into this, you know, imaginary circumstance where, where we're also really relating with each other. Dude, no, that's incredible, man. And like, honestly, like just as human beings, like a lot of people think they're good listeners and they're definitely not. They're just, they're listening to respond, you know, like they're listening to talk, not listening to understand, which I think is a beautiful thing about acting because um, you're really getting to know that person. You mentioned something about like talking back and acting in that way, but your character in The Boys, I may butcher the pronunciation or like how to pronounce this, but it's Black Noir, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right, that's right doesn't say anything like here or there like one-lighters but like that is my favorite character one because i'm a huge batman fan and like i resonate with like darkness but two yeah. just funny as shit man like how do you like like what's going through your mind especially with a character like that that you have to communicate non-verbally like like what's going through your mind when you're in that mode like is it a state of flow like what what does that look like so what's what's funny about this is that like when i got the audition um I like I, I did some research on it and I was like, oh okay, this guy doesn't speak. <laughs> <We don't> do <laughs> All right. So my audition was an A-train scene and a deep scene. Mm. Right? 
And so in my mind, it was about imagining who A-Train might be and imagining who the deep might be. And then kind of creating this like third character who could, you know, exist with them and contrast with them at the same time. So I was doing that and also trying to like pay homage to the truth and the essence of those scenes. And for me, the scenes were funny. So I made them funny. I brought like a comedic take to them. And I knew this dude was silent. So like I tried to bring some body language into it. And that was really it. It was like expressing myself with my body. And that's typically something I do, right? And so, so it was a combination of those things. And then once, you know, once I got the role, it was off the role, you know, I went down to LA to do the fitting. And one of the first things one of the costume people said was like, we loved your tape. We were really looking for someone who could emote through a suit, hmm. you know? And I think it really comes down to, at the end of the day, being in touch with what you feel and what your opinions are and what you want and being able to express those things through your body, you know, like through a head movement or through a, you know, and you can think those lines, you can create lines in your head, which is what I do sometimes. It's like, you know, I'm thinking something, but I'm not saying it, but I still do, but I express it through my movement so that that thought still comes through, you know? And, you know, Black Noir is a whole thing. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me about that character was that, like, you see the menacing suit. Like, it's intimidating, it's scary. You know, I remember the first day when I met Erin, um, I was decked out in a suit, and she came into the, you know, the super suit the fittings. And, like, I was, I was, you couldn't see me, I was all black. And she's like, oh, hey. You must be- <laughs> and I just didn't do anything. I didn't say, I just, like, shook her hand, like, very slowly, and just, like, looked at her and she's like, oh, okay. Uh, and I just like, let that be the thing, you know, for, like <laughs> that session of meeting her. And she was like, kind of like, okay, you're kind of freaking me out here. Um, I might've taken on my mask off, but I don't know. <laughs> but, but like, you get that off the jump from this guy, right? And I think what was interesting to me is who is he under the mask? What's the yeah. juxtaposition between what you see and what's really there? You know, where's, where is his humanity? What makes him tick? Where is his heart? What's that about? You know? And so, you know, even when you, when you take the scene in, in 102, where Noir, where everybody's at the, you know, the meeting with the senators or the party with the senators, and he's just sipping from a straw trying to get an hors d'oeuvre. It's like, what's it? Like, you're a bad, you kill people, you cut people up, martial arts master. But then, like, you walk into a room and nobody wants to talk to you they're scared of you what's that like mm. you know and then there's like a vulnerability there because you still want human connection right and so that's kind of how i approached it it's like you know um there's you know, so many little little moments and scenes but really bringing out the heart yeah. you know and there's there's this like this this tiger you know of a warrior but there's also like a little like vulnerable like puppy of a person that comes out sometimes you know he's also eclectic he's got the arts plays some piano like he likes to have have fun but there's like there's a useful element to him and then there's a part that could just like cut you up and kill you and i think yeah. that those two things existing in one is what is interesting to me you know dude i love i love that and what i'm hearing you say is like approaching every character every gig as like 
were the commonalities like and it's stemming from like this self-awareness like who am i like what am i good at like you talked about like body language like i know you're black belt like and like i saw you dance on like the prime video thing like approaching it with your strengths and with who you are which is like thousand percent with what i believe dude like that's that's dope and i've never heard anybody explain anything like that like i was a musician for a fucking like long time like i came into college like homeless like guitar my voice like that's what taught me how to be an entrepreneur that's what taught me a lot about branding like i've got an aesthetic right like the, the hat like the look like that's what makes me unique man. and i approach it in my own way so i love that that underlying theme of like like self-awareness um, i did want to dive deeper because i know we just we just jumped into the boys because one if you haven't seen it go watch it it's legit uh, but what is it like in your own words like why should people watch it like what what's it about all right so the boys is you know it's a story I come at it this way. It's like, what would happen if superheroes had no morals? You know, if superheroes, if we lived in a world where superheroes were the equivalent of A-list celebrities, rock stars, um, you know, the highest politicians in the land, and they worked and were funded by the biggest corporations in the world, you know, and all of their lives you know, we're just funded. They just they just got money, got money, got money. And all their mistakes were swept under the rug, you know? And we're in a situation where their powers, especially in Homelander's case, disconnect them from their humanity, mm. you know? And the more they lose touch with their humanity, you know, the more they lose touch with their morality. And eventually they step on the little guy. And what happens when you step on the wrong little guy? And then it's this story about the boys seeking revenge, seeking justice, taking that into their own hands. In the gray area that results, you know, I think one thing about this show is, is there are many shades of gray. And by the end of the first season, I think it's, it's a little tough to say you know, how many good guys are there? How many yeah. really bad guys are there? You know, we have, you know, I think we can all say there might be one in particular without spoiling anything. But like outside of that, what's really interesting to me about the boys is you have the seven these superheroes that are above the rest of the world. Right. They're on the, the top of this Mount Olympus. And um, while they're on the top of this Mount Olympus, they are lack of a better word, like at the edge of the cliff. Mm. They're trying to stay on top as well. And something is pushing them down and they're trying to navigate. They could slip up at any moment and like fall down to the ground with the rest of us. So even though most of them are up here, they're struggling as well. They have their own ordeals. They have their own, you know, uh, problems and complexities to deal with. And I think that's what makes the story really human from their perspective. You know, and so and then, you know, you have you have the boys as well and and what goes into that. But um, that's that's how I kind of, you know, describe the story and get into it from the superhero side. Yeah. You know, the boy is its own its own journey. And you have, you know, five characters who are extremely multidimensional and make up yeah. this really cool family. And it's like, what happened? Do you, you know, do you lose yourself in the search for revenge or do you find yourself? I think that's 
a good question that can apply to 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 all of those those characters. Dude, agreed, man. I again, I binged it in I think a day, man, maybe two. If I'm, it was definitely a day. Um, yeah. But like, there's just a lot of parallels with like real life, and I love the fact that there's technically no good guys, man. Like the the good guys make a lot of mistakes. They fuck up. Like they do bad things, you know. Shit. Yeah. I love that. Um, and like even like drawing parallels with the superheroes and like influencers or celebrities today, man, like again, like we put all these people on pedestals. Yo, you're the best. Like you don't have any issues. But then like we see people like committing suicide and like overdosing and things like that. Like we all have our issues. And I think it's a really real and raw, authentic and um, script. And it makes us ask questions that we're not asking. So I, I'm excited for season two, man. I'm fucking geeked. It's gonna be crazy. Like we're filming it right now, and I just got just got another script, and it's 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 insane. It's ins- it's gonna take you for a ride, you know. <laughs> it's funny because at the end of the first season, like like a few of us were we were just like, well, where are we going from here? This is like we just we we went like we went to another level. Like, how are they gonna take it to a you know take it further? And then you get the first script, and they have you know and we're going on going a whole new you know wild adventure in season two and and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun yeah i'm not like overly familiar with like that industry like how much is like improv and how much is totally scripted it really depends on oh we stick to this like as far as the storyline and the arc and the script we stick to that pretty pretty thoroughly but at the same time it it depends on the showrunner and the environment of the show and one of the things eric is great about is letting us have you know input and, and and talking to him about our characters and he he takes what we say and he like he sits with it and if it makes sense with the story, with the story he integrates it and then there's some freedom on the day you know um obviously i can't say too much because my character doesn't speak but just from <laughs> being like it's like if if someone comes up with something on a date and that's working he'll go with it you know he's yeah. not like married and stuck it's like i we wrote it like this it's got to stay like this there's a flow and it's not like we create a new scene or we alter stuff, but like he, he gives us flexibility up to the day. And then on the day, if something new really works, we'll, we'll, we'll flow with it. Right. He, yeah. he, he's a very um, collaborative creator and showrunner who has a brilliant mind and is open to the brilliance of others. And I think that's what makes him really special. And he, he takes the talents and the best parts of people and he, he brings it in and he, he gives them space to, to speak, you know, and he, he meshes everything together. And so, you know, I would, I would assume and say, it's like, not like I'm there or I'm filming all the other scenes, but my feel is that like, you know, we adhere to the script, but in adhering to the script, there's room for some improv, there's room for some creativity, there's, there's space for that. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's a good leader, man. There is a, a scene specifically, like, and I think it shows. I'm not sure if it was improv or not, but the scene specifically with your character, it sh- I think just shows such complexity to the characters. It's one of my favorite scenes. Um, I don't remember what was going on exactly, but party. Um, Homelander was walking down the stairs, piano, right? And your character just comes in, looks at the guy on the piano playing, and the guy gets up and leaves. One, is funny, but it shows so much complexity. It gives your character so much depth. Because you, you fucking kill it on the piano. And I think going back to like self-awareness, like this is who I am. This is why I, what I identify with this character. But this guy is not just a guy that fucking murders people, you know? He's an actual human being. And again, giving those layers. I 
I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> I love that seat. But. It's, it's funny. I'm trying to think of like how that came up too. Cause, cause really like, I think we kind of started down that direction when, when like me and Eric had some conversations in the, in the beginning of the, you know, the show last year. And I think I was pitching something to him, like, like how I saw the character. Like, I'm like, Hey, maybe you could be like, you know, just like beating the shit out of somebody. And then like at the very end, you know, when they're like mortal Kombat moaning, and it's like, finish him, you know, black <laughs> Rock just like pull out a dance move and just like slap him in the face or something. Right. And like, that's just like, that's just like an idea I had. And he's like, Oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll think about that maybe. And then like, we get to the first, we get to the first episode and I see that like, there's a sequence where like black Noir is just dancing in the club, you know? And I don't know if you saw this, like a very like Easter egg little like thing that's hidden in the first episode, no, but that came from that, that came from that, uh, that conversation, you know? And I think subsequent conversations, you know, just, just bringing a lightness and a spirit to him. And for me, for Black Noir, it's like, you like, you know, my little backstory over there was like, Stowell told me I could play the piano at this party. And I, and I'm, I'm and just a dude playing the fucking piano. So no, it's not happening. You know, like I'm playing the fucking piano, <laughs> you know? And it's like, also like, I kind of, I kind of also related to personally, you know, cause I, I, I think you saw, we talked about it. Like I did Taekwondo growing up. Right. And so I was a black, I was a black belt and, um, I think I was like six to 17 around there. I had a couple friends, you know, still friends to this day who we trained together and I had two modes, you know, when I was fighting, I was Raphael, you know, like I would go at you until you drop me. Like I would, I would destroy you once we got in the ring. See, for you to stop me, you'd have to like take me down. Like I would have to like be out. Right. But when I wasn't fighting, I was Michelangelo, you know, and there's this, there's this dimension where it's like, you have so, you practice so much and you have so much access to your, your ability and your, your technique and your skill that like, when you're not fighting, you can be off, but on in a second. So you don't always have to be on, you know, and we could, you, you can goof around, you can play around, you can have fun, you make jokes. And then when it comes down to be serious, like boom, and you're there, you have such access to it, it can come on and off. Yeah. And so that is also what kind of influenced my approach to, to noir. Dude, that's genius. And I like I absolutely love the self-awareness thing, man. Like in going back, I know there's a proper name for it, but like I to me, like where I'm drawing that parallel is like I also have like this persona that I've built. I hate being on stage, but I was a musician and I did it, right? And like now like I'm speaking on big big stages, but like when I don't have my hat on, like, yo, like I'm Quentin. When I have my hat on, like it's cute. And, like that's me. I'm a big Kobe fan, like Black Mamba, right? Like that separation, like different mm -hmm. parts of you and channeling those. I love that. Um, I don't want to keep you much longer, dude. I've got like three more questions. Yeah. One, we ask all of our guests, what makes you strange on purpose? What about you goes against the grain? How and why are you a misfit? All right. Well, for me, I study astrology. Mm. And I've been studying astrology for 10 years. Uh, I got into it, um, seriously studying for 10 years. When I was younger, I was, I was just like looking for different ways to like know myself better and explore myself better. I explored many different aspects of spirituality. And I'd always take these like online quizzes, you know, these personality things to like kind of get a better sense of yourself. Same. And 
It, and like they were like right and true, but I always kind of wanted something more. And then one day I stumbled upon upon this astrology forecast site, and like obviously not everything was correct, but like on one day every month, like something happened, like something that they said happened. And you could say like a broken clock is right, like it tells the right time yeah. once a day. But it was like just specific enough to pique my interest. Then I found another blog that or, or another monthly you know forecast thing that was a little more accurate and a couple of years later i ended up getting a reading with somebody and he described things pretty accurately and he gave me a, a birth chart a natal chart and um i looked at it and i had no idea what it meant and it just piqued my interest and my curiosity and i was like i don't understand this but i want to and I just dove into it. And it was just a passion of mine. Like I read books about it. I study it. And I really, for me, I, I didn't approach it with like a blind sense of belief. I approached it with doubt and skepticism. Like, this is really cool, but like, I'm not going to just like buy into it because it says so. You know, I'm going to take these things. I'm going to test them against my life experience, against my experience with others. You know, and it's like you look at you know, multiple factors in, you know, an astrology chart. And it's like, okay, based on these principles, when this planet aligns with this planet in this area, something within this wheelhouse should happen, you know? And yeah. it happened, happened often and it happened too often enough as the time went on. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't even like, I don't even, for me, I don't even think believe in astrology is the right word. I've just experienced it to be true. You know, it's like I have looked at transits, which are kind of like alignments that coincide with events at certain times in my life. And like, there have been times where I've looked at them and I'm like, oh shit, like based on this, something like this may happen. And then more often than not, it does. Then I'll look at other transits and be like, oh, okay, well, like that's supposed to happen, some big thing or some specific thing. And I'll look at it and I'll give it a second thought and then I'll forget about it. And then like six months down the line, that thing happens. And then like four months later, I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, that that happened. So it's like, I'm not even like trying, but I, yeah. I see everything. Like, it's very specific, you know, and just, just to kind of like uh, give a tight summary, it's, it's like, Astrology is it's not just your sun sign. And personally, like sun sign astrology, like the horoscopes you read in the newspaper are kind of like, they're cool. They're not really anything. Yeah. You know, I, they're, they're, I don't pay attention to them. They're pretty fluff. But astrology is about where all the planets in the solar system were when you were born. Um, the geometric, or uh, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but the, the connections they make to each other, the angular relations, whether it's like 30 degrees apart, uh, 60, 90, 120, 180, within this degree wheel of 360. And how, so it's about how all the planets relate to each other from their specific positions at the moment of your birth. And there's a lot of like multi-layered complexity and detail there that, you know, in my experience has really described myself accurately um the people i know accurately and it's allowed me to see my life my past present and future in a in a context that makes sense yeah. you know and 
it's allowed me to get a deeper understanding of myself, really accept and appreciate the dimensions of myself that, you know, you would, that don't necessarily fit in with everybody around you, but feel right. And you're like, oh no, this kind of says that. And so I can lean into it in myself and then realize that it might not jive with everybody. And then, you know, in a way, when you look at kind of like the grander scheme of things, when you look at the way your life is and what your desires are and how things might unfold in the future, you can kind of plan and, and navigate in a certain way. You know, yeah. it's like a way of when it comes to like looking at things ahead of the present, it's kind of like a psychic or energetic weather forecast. And a simple way you could say, all right, so based on this, it looks like it's going to be sunny or it looks like it's going to rain. Looks like it's going to be a windstorm or a snowstorm. And you can do whatever you want, you know, but you just know what the weather is ahead of time. It's yeah. like if you're on a boat, you could, you could flow with the wind or against the wind. You could do whatever you want. If you flow with the wind, it's easier. If you flow against the wind, it's tougher. And you might want to challenge, so maybe you do that, right? But it's, it's, it's just been a really great tool for me. It's been really fun. I liked it a lot, man. It's a very unique answer. My brother's super into it too. He always always pushes me to get into it. I haven't yet, but it's a very unique answer. Um, yeah, whatever you feel like. It, I mean, know. my brother's cool though. You're cool, so I'll see. Um, I had a question. I, I'm like, oh yeah, you uh, you talked about. I went through your stuff, and you were talking about it. recently. You talked about the Power Rangers, like on this podcast. You talked about, hey, I wanted to be a comic book hero, and now I am one. That's really cool. Uh, but more so where I'm interested is like you took a very unconventional route. Like you're, you're an actor. I wanted to be an author, like for the longest time, a writer. People like, oh, you got to be an English teacher, right? And, like equivalent for you, go like direct or go like teach drama club or whatever it is. Like when did it become, hey, and I know you talked about it in high school a bit, but hey, like this is a hobby. Like now I actually believe in myself enough to do this because I know this has got to be hard, man. I know it's got to be hard. Like, I can't even imagine. And what would you say to people that are trying to follow that same path, not necessarily as an actor, but something? I'm going to start with, like, a, a little story, like, just a little anecdote. And I'm going to go from there. Um, my first kind of clarity came from knowing what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. So one day I walked downstairs into my basement. And I was, I was I don't know, six years old or something maybe six to seven, eight, I feel like I was six. And my mom was in law school at the time. And the basement was just covered with books, like from like, you, you hit the floor and it's like shelf, like wall to wall shelves, like Damn. this wall, that wall, and that wall, like, <laughs> like five levels. And like, I'm pretty sure all of those books she had to read or she did read or she tried to read. It. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. I looked, I, I remember, I looked, and I was like, nope. And I walked back up the stairs. And from that moment, I knew I never wanted to be a lawyer. Right? <laughs> um, there was also, for me, just, just something like, I'm, my dad, my dad's an, uh, an accountant. And, um, you know, we grew up, in, or he grew up in Trinidad, you know, and the way out of Trinidad was, was um, uh, academic success. Right, because you have to pass certain tests to get into better schools, to get into better schools, so you could so you could be considered to get into university in Canada, right? And so they did that, and that was the way my family from Trinidad moved up. And my my grandparents were really about that. So I have a very academic 
family in that regards. Like all my cousins who are older than me, like they're in business and finance and all that stuff and all that, you know, there's a lot of math, you know, there. And so I remember in the summer, my dad would try to make me do those things. And I just like, I tried, but I couldn't. Like, it would just like make me unhappy. Like, I like, remember he was like, okay, we're gonna do some math over summer. Like, and I just started crying one day because I just, I just, it just wasn't me. And eventually he's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna stop, right? Um, but I just, for me, I just kind of, I knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like. And I just, I just chose what I liked. You know, there was, there was even one day in high school where, where probably grade 11. And it's like, I had this sense of like, I could do what my dad wants me to do and like be a great student and get like high eighties average. Right. And like go into you know, math and like go and, you know, and be in some type of business, you know, uh, job. Or I could like chill a little bit and still get good marks, but like also focus on having good times with my friends and also focus on like the art that I like. And that feels more right to my heart, you know? And it's like, this is not like the traditional definition of success as you're conditioned as a kid because your high grades is everything to some people, but like, for me, it was just it was just about listening to my heart and knowing what was true for me, not what was, you know, more in line with, not that I was ever really pressured by my parents, but what was more in line with the desires of people around me, you know? So it was like, I knew what made me feel good. And I trusted that and I followed that to the exclusion of outside noise, you know? And even when I went to university, it was like, I went to university for film production because at that point in time, I knew I wanted to act, but I didn't know if I needed to act. And when I finished, I was like, I don't know if I need to act, but I'm not gonna do anything else, you know? And, and it, was just, it was just one of those things where like, <clears throat> there's no, like, what, like even, even if over, you know, this this career of mine where I've spent over a decade, you know, so far, even even before it started, I knew like if nothing came of it, that would be worth it. Because it's what I want. I'm pursuing what I want. You know, I could have I could have gone into sports broadcasting. That would have been easy. That would have been cake for me. Yeah, I see like, your I, tweets, I, man. I see them. <laughs> I, I could have done it in my sleep, right? But there was no challenge there. For me, there was no fulfilling challenge, so I never did it because I knew I could it'd just it'd be very unfulfilling because I, I wouldn't be pushed at all, right? So, knowing I guess just knowing where your soul wants to go, you know, taking time out from all the noise if you if you are subject to that and just tuning into what's in your heart, you know. I, one of my favorite quotes is, is by uh, a guy named Joseph Campbell, a lot of my favorite quotes are from him, and one of the things he said is. Don't, to paraphrase, it's like, don't put your attention on what you think you need to do, or what you think the world needs. Put your attention on what makes you feel alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. You know, and so what brings you aliveness? What brings you fullness? What makes, brings you passion and excitement? Do that. 
And I think just the love of it will, will, will spur you to get better. And that spurring to get better will lead to success. It's a really good answer, man. It's a really good yeah. answer. Respect. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Lastly, like what, where can people find you, man? Where can they keep up with what you're doing? Um, any news? What do you want them to see? What are you excited for? Uh, let's see. Um, I am social media, all of it. It's Nate Mitchell. So at it's Nate Mitchell, I-T-S-N-A-T-E-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, not really on Snapchat that much. But <laughs> um, and... You know, I got I got something, you know, cooking in the works for next year as well. I can't say anything about it yet. Um, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a blast as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, you know, just happy, happy cooking away at season two. You know, bringing you guys some more noir along with this amazing season of the boys that we got planned. And, yeah, just, just enjoying life. Just going with the flow. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll put all the info in the show notes. You the shit, dude. I appreciate you. You too, man. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate talking with you. I love your, I love your mind. I love how that works, man. That's, that's good. It's gonna make me want to watch the show even more too. Like just knowing those things. Like just see what's going on underneath that mat. (laughs) What's turning? What's turning? This is legit, man. Like just keep doing you, man. You were actually recommended. I made a post like, yo, who should I interview? didn't even know like i didn't know like you're an arrow i was like fuck yeah let's do this mm-hmm. yeah, Appreciate yeah. You sitting down, man. thank you man thank you